Welcome to Entertain This, a podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Hayden, and with me I have Mitch. Hello. And Tom. Hi, Tom. And today we're discussing uh, the life and times of Frank Monteleone. I said that right. I, f- I should have asked you that before we hit record. <laughs> yeah, I said it right. Yeah, okay. Monteleone. Good. Yeah, good. good. Well, sir, how are you doing? Doing well. Good yeah. to be with you guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, we kind of did a little bit of deep dive into your history, and uh, yeah, we're excited to talk about it. You've got a pretty interesting background. Uh, do you mind kind of talking a little bit about, I guess, your family business, how you kind of came into the scene with the, the hotel and everything? Yeah, yeah, it's a deep history hotel, Montleone in New Orleans. Uh, uh, was actually my great great grandfather uh, who started it. He purchased it in eighteen eighty six. Wow. In New Orleans, uh, so it was one of the first hotels, and um, yeah, it's still one of the last family-owned hotels in America. And um, so, yeah, it has a rich history here in the French Quarter. Still the largest hotel in the French Quarter, and um, and still in the family. So, yeah, yeah. I perused one of your. First off, I know it's expensive because you don't put price tags on your website, so that's (laughs) 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 one of those. yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I looked at uh, some of your more uh, ritzier rooms in there, and I was like, "Man, you know, I could I could probably afford about fifteen minutes in there." But you know, it seems really luxurious. Uh, you know, I've always had yeah. off experiences in Louisiana, but I've I've never been to uh, New Orleans or anything like that. I've always been to Fort Polk. So <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta come. I, I feel like New Orleans is like one of those cities where like everyone's like. Either either want to go or you've been and you like want to go back, but everyone has like a reaction to it. Yeah, the the Hollywood scene in New Orleans uh, is kind of blowing up. You know, I, I guess like uh, you you guys are like the the new Transylvania with vampires and stuff like that. Is that always kind of been a thing locally, or you know? No, it's, well, you know, it's crazy being from here. Um, I you know obviously I always love movies and want, knew I wanted to be in them, and I uh, you know I left go pursue it and then it's kind of ironic to go full circle and here i am back and i remember about 10 years ago and the scene started just starting to blow up and yeah i was down here i got booked a movie down here and i was all of a sudden i was like oh my gosh there's this whole world that was kind of starting and right. now to see it it's it's like yeah it's kind of like a dream come true to come home and be able to do movies yeah and, and it's also like a like true detective season one is one of my favorite bits of TV ever, yeah. and, you know, like really showcases, uh, like the, I guess the more visceral reality of Louisiana and, you know, the beauty juxtaposed with like, you know, uh, kind of more like, like the, the lower class lifestyles around there. Would you say that's pretty accurate or was that a, like a, <laughs> an interpretation? Yeah. I mean, I think like anything it had, it was built in like some real deep truth, you know, of like, um, yeah, growing up here, I mean, the, yeah, the, different class different history just the richness of like i mean they really went deep down you know they had the the bayou and all that kind mm-hmm. of elements i think that's what makes it you know so mysterious in its own right and then obviously that whole spiritual realm of like wait what are they getting into what dark right. things are they conjuring up and yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel like new orleans has that like lore and yeah it's um i love that yeah it's definitely one of my favorite shows as well mm, and yeah. um I feel like a lot of people use that, it's you gotta, know, it's gotta be it just weird. becomes a muse for different people, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's, 
It's a great show. We talk about it a lot on our, on our podcast. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into your I, history. So I have one question though. Go go ahead. Is yeah, the hotel it. you own haunted? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I always. It's funny because you know you talk to like the hotel. They're like, "Well, we don't want to show you what uh, all the tours that people take." But yeah, there's some there's some deep stories that uh, people have, like different floors and different rooms, and I hear a lot of crazy ones. And then, um, but like yeah, as you see on the website, like they, you don't necessarily publicize it all, but uh-huh. um, people definitely have their their stories. Um, yeah, and. I guess, you know, after a hundred some years, a lot of life has been lived there. <laughs> yeah, everything has got some creepy history if it's that old. Well, that's why I, I did a yeah. little bit of research uh, through your social media. I saw on Instagram where you had posted, like, the, the history of your hotel and how your great-great-grandfather is the one that established it in, like, the 18, late 1880s? 1886. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's pretty neat, yeah. the history and stuff that you have, you know, with, with your family and the hotel and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, yeah, he's, he's like I'm going to get a room. What room do I avoid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The uh, the floor, the the the, the uh, invisible thirteenth floor. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's no thirteenth floor. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, you know, maybe stay away from twelve. Right. <laughs> no. yeah. Um. Yeah. That's well, interesting. So you, you go. Yeah, there's like a disturbing concierge. He goes, "Your room is thirteen, thirteen, sir." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, we. I mean, with the amount of history too, we get letters. I mean, we have old letters, and there's a whole archive. We should like make a museum one day with people who have, you know, they're writing letters from the the letterhead of the hotel and talking uh-huh. about, you know, someone who, you know, just took their life. So we've had like, I mean, we've had crazy stories, and oh, I, right. I feel like older time, but people who live, you know, there was an old time where you used to live in the hotel, and they have the famous writers that. You know, would actually live there. Capote's parents lived there. Hmm. Truman Capote, and um, you had Faulkner that lived there, and Tennessee Williams actually stayed there. And his, his dad actually came and lived with him for a time. And then my grandfather, great grandfather, uh, came and just wiped his bill away when he when he uh, went to go check out. So it was uh-huh. like cool, cool stories. And they would frequent the lobbies and the lives of it. So I feel like I feel like he met some uh, a lot of those writers. Yeah. Met a lot of the. I'm, I'm sure yeah. if there isn't, you could write a book just mm-hmm. on the history of the hotel. So yeah, I think yeah. we need to go to Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Have Come you, on down. Have you had any paranormal experience <laughs> inside the hotel? Tom, move along. <laughs> it's Halloween, Mitch. We got we got to get this stuff out of the way. We got to go to the got to go to the spooky. Well, I will say as we get into the, the stuff, we are developing a show that's based around the hotel, and we're doing one of the fantasies or one of the ones that we are working with is the, the, the quote unquote mysterious disappearing at the carousel. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything about the carousel lounge, but the, we have a famous carousel lounge in the lobby and it spins. And so every round takes you literally around. And, uh, so yeah, there's a whole, uh, mystery around the hotel yeah. carousel bar. Is there a, a lot of, yeah. is there a lot of pr- productions that have, uh, been shot at the hotel? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a ton. Um, I always hear Double Jeopardy. That's the famous one where um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ashley Judd went. You know, like walked in. But it's it's funny because when you you know it, she she actually walks in. She she's outside of the hotel, and then she walks into like another hotel. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not ours. It's the lobby, which is this fun movie magic trivia. Oh, yeah. And then um, there's um, yeah, we had a lot of TV shows now. You know, a lot of NCIS. New Orleans was there. 
uh, we just had the um, the Brian Cranston show that Your um, Honor. Yeah, we were just talking. Your about Honor. That. Yeah. We were, we were yeah, like, Your Honor was there. Is that the the crime family? That <laughs> we they, now can confirm. Are they based off of you, that crime family? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were in there. I'm in Chalmette right now shooting a movie. And they, were, they shot everything here yeah. in Chalmette, like just down the road. And, uh, yeah, and what was the other one? They, oh, it's not out yet. It's another AMC show okay. uh, called Parish. Um, and that was a that was a funny story because I got a call like in the middle of the night and they're like, your, your hotel sign's not on. You got to get it on. It's like this old famous, like 1950 sign. <laughs> sure enough, I like call someone like, Oh yeah, the switch went off and they switched it back on and they needed it for like a shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool. So that it's been you, featured a lot. Especially, you know, with you as a producer, you have access to such a, you know, a, um, a great location. That, that I'm, I'm, I would definitely take advantage of. You know. How many projects have you personally shot there? We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Oh man. Well, it's funny because you have the first first short film I did when I was a, a kid was that it was in the basement of the hotel. So of course I used it, uh, some like weird eerie spot that I've never seen. Mm. And then, um, we, like I said, I mean, all the way to right now, we're currently, uh, we have a show in development that's, um, you know, it's kind of a flagship for new Orleans mm-hmm. show. And it's, um, the centerpiece of it is the hotel yeah. and going through, during, going through time. So, um, yeah, we, we've, uh, We've definitely shot there and use it to our advantage for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd be excited to see that. So, all right, well, let's dive into your uh, your history. So, what, you, as a kid, you were always into into movies and, and and wanting to to be a part of them. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it's funny because um, I, I love your podcast. I was listening, you know, and, and your reviews and stuff. I was, I just, I'm, I was one of those kids that just went to Blockbuster and would rent like four movies and just watch them. As yeah. much as humanly possible within the so you know tough. three days they gave you, and then get in trouble for yeah. the late fee. You know yeah. how much trouble you get. It's like what? Did you rewind the tape? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, did I do it all? Remember how long that would take? Like each one. You're like, dang it, I gotta go back upstairs. <laughs> I remember like the biggest. Um, it was like the the rewinder itself. Yeah, yeah. that could like speed do yeah. it. Like everyone had to buy one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. I mean, is a so funny you forget it was a, the movie could be kind rewind right. um yeah but that was yeah i just always grew up on movies so i just i always i'm always envious of the people who like you hear them talk you know like well you know i was in school for architecture and i was you know or like i was going to be in business and then i just went and did an elective at theater and i became the greatest actor to ever live <laughs> and i'm like the opposite <laughs> like Oh yeah, I, I knew I wanted to do this since I was four, and that's just what I've always wanted to do. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. we've we've all watched your reel. We we like what we see. I I think you're one of the definitely one of the more talented people we've had the opportunity to talk to. You know, and we're we're definitely very interested to see what uh, you're capable of coming out soon. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, so appreciate did, that. Did you yeah. did you go to Hollywood at any point? Just you know, do the whole. Uh, I went to Hollywood with a hundred bucks and, and, a, and, a, and a dream <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, and a yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just, uh, throw out cross country. I I weirdly um, so because I I knew I wanted to act and I ended up doing theater. Um, I weirdly uh, crossed paths with Patrick Wilson. Oh wow! Know him, uh, no, him the actor. Yeah. So we, I, I ended up moving away and went to school in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he convinced me in New York to choose New York over LA. Mm-hmm. So I did New York, that's where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then it was finally, yeah, I was like after school and I was actually doing a bit of production and producing as well. And, and then I was like, I got to give LA a shot, you know, and then we I went out there um, and, and we definitely, you know, spent a few years there and then it was kind of like a back and back and forth thing. But, New York was always the city I ended up choosing over the two, you know. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Happy. yeah. I'm happy with your decision. Yeah. Tom is from New York. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It panned out well. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. The, I, I am from the Midwest, uh, up north. And, uh, you know, so uh, the culture shock, I would say, of coming from the north to the south, did you feel a little bit of that going from, you know, New Orleans to New York at all? Oh, yeah. Well, how far up north? are you like, uh indiana that's that we're, indiana, okay yeah. like grades of snow cause yeah. that was a culture shock i did a, I did a tour you know i was in the background like when i did theater and that was like i've never been to see that much snow when i yeah. went up north so that was that was a shock before coming from the south but uh oh snow yeah it's different i know <laughs> new yeah. york is different it doesn't get as much um yeah, but yeah, yeah culture shock is definitely for sure yeah, yeah. plus the people are jerks right yeah so the people yeah. jerks, the yeah. smell, the I'll constant smell. horn honking. <laughs> I'm the only one that's never traveled. I, li- I was born and raised in Georgia, never been above Virginia, never been west of Alabama. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I know. You just you never experienced the concrete surfing of New York. And <laughs> yeah. All we, got, all we got in Indiana, what, what we say in Indiana is it's so flat you can watch a dog run away for three days. So. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean uh, the lake effect snow over there—that's that's some real snow. We make fun of the New Yorkers when they complain about snow. Like, no, six inches. Psh, try six feet. Yeah, I've stood in like six, four to six feet of snow at uh-huh. the bus stop on Long Island. Yeah, well, if you aren't swimming to school, you're not doing it right. So, <laughs> now, back in my day, <laughs> I had to swim twenty miles to school in the snow, and it was a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> And I, I'm sure that has a different connotation in Louisiana, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> one, one, I, I couldn't imagine having yeah. to, like, watch your state recede into the ocean. Is that, like, a constant fear for you guys? Yeah, it's just, like, eroding. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you hear about it all the time. Yeah. We're out there, and the, uh, now it's, like, there's got, like, a salt block that was coming. It was, like, the whole place was going to shut down because salt water is moving up the Mississippi River because there hasn't been enough rain. Oh, man. So, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, always. That's always a, something down here. A whole different universe of problems over <laughs> here. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but I can now I can point and laugh at all the hurricanes hitting New York, you yeah. know. All my friends would make fun of me for being down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made fun of my flood. friends still up there. It's just a gust of wind. You, you guys will be all right. <laughs> Walk it off. Right. So, uh, yeah. 
Exactly. When was that aha moment for you? Like when you uh, were working on a movie, when you were acting, when you were in school, when, when did you have that moment where you're like, yep, I want to do this for the rest of my life? Did you ever have that? Uh, yeah, let's see. I mean, gosh, I feel like you have it like every few years where you're like, yep, going to keep doing this <laughs> on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to stay, stay going. So, um, yeah, no, I, I knew I wanted to do it, you know, young. And then I, I had, I had the, the luck of actually going out and I studied in, um, Oxford. Mm-hmm. I got to go out to like do, it was funny. I would like always make fun of theater. I always wanted to do film, but you had to go study in theater. Right. So I didn't, it's not that I loved theater. I just knew I wanted to act. And right. so I, um, I, I would, I would joke, I would never do Shakespeare or anything like that. And then I ended up like my buddies, like we went and, we did, we ended up in England studying Shakespeare and I was like, you know, dipping biscuits and tea and being on the grassy knolls. And I'm like, this is the very thing I would make fun of. This is so, <laughs> you know, this is so dorky. Yeah. Um, but I got to, I got to work with Sir Bink Kingsley at the time. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, that, that, um, that was an aha moment. I mean, working with him, he, um, I got to work one-on-one on, uh, with Hamlet on him and, uh, with him and he was, you know, Obviously, he's serving kings. It's just like you're like, what? And you you had to call him, sir. You had to like, you know, and it was it was all nerve wracking. But then well, once we knighted. got to working, yeah, he's united. He is. <laughs> Every he's time a real he walks deal. in a room, they blow the trumpets <laughs> to announce <laughs> serving kings. Oh, it was it was actually crazy because you know there's like 500 people in this. It was bought. It was like this, you know, academy and pictures. This is back with like before cell phones and date myself but like like all of a sudden you saw like one flash go off and then it was like flash 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 and i'm on the i was on the stage with him next to him and he was like enough <laughs> it's like so there's no taking pictures we were like in class you know we're here and it was and, but then it like just all shifted and yeah. when you got working it was like this guy is a master mm-hmm. um yeah and it's, you know so those like those moments that you just re-fall in love with it i, I think i would call it the aha moments you know that is awesome you just like yeah yeah i can't ever say i've met a substantial celebrity like sir ben kingsley Kingsley. (laughs) was this part of like a production like the royal shakespeare company uh you it's an affiliation so i think they they basically started it i went to the uh summer program of it but it was um so you basically they they set it up and you're in oxford so you're not in the where royal shakespeare is uh but you go out there and we saw there's productions and then Mm. um and Henry Goodman was the lead, and he'd come and he would do a master class. So, like, yeah, it was like the the I don't know how their faculty like worked it out, but basically any famous actor that was working in felt like London at that time came right. through yeah. our facility, and it was just like this is this is insane. Mm. Um, but it was it's a life changing moment when you can work you know one on one in the room with greats like that, you know. Yeah. It's just like a whirlwind of actors. It's like, well, who's teaching today? Uh, some guy named Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really was that. No, I think all of a sudden Alan Rickman walks in, and I'm I'm like sitting on the floor. I'm like, and I got I got like Hans like, Gruber. What? And, I, <laughs> and he and he was like really upset and just pissed off. Like, just like guys, just deal with me because I've been in a room with a bunch of kids all day. And he's like, he was on set at Harry Potter. You know, he's just so mad. It's just so juvenile. (laughs) Yeah, that that was surreal, but that's what it was like over there. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I I couldn't imagine. You know, um, he's two and zero against us. He met Ben Kingsley and Alan Rickman. Yeah, 
You just impersonate Alan Rickman. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that well. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. None of us can get matched. <laughs> so yeah. you got. The, just, I'm sorry. You got the theatrical experience. Uh, yeah. Were you always interested in producing more so than maybe than acting, or was acting always your top tier? That's what you want to do, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like I was thinking about it, like acting and producing. It's it's like. Um, I, there's, I love it for both, both of them for separate reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But like acting is definitely my first love, and what I'm, how I got into all of it. And so, um, it, it, you know, it's 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 funny because acting is like a deep dive into like this your own little world. So it's right. very isolated. I feel like, um, which has got its own, you know, pros and cons. But um, and and I love it. But then when you all of a sudden when you crack over into producing and you produce something from like day one to the day it finishes <laughs> you know right. you look over and you're like well the actors aren't doing anything i mean yeah. there's so much more work to do <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's this sprawling like you know it's like take every ounce of your extroverted yeah. version of yourself and like you're looking after everything from toilets to like editing you uh, know it's like um but yeah so no i i think i i have love for for both and deep respect for I, both but it's uh I think yeah. I think every actor should have a producer appreciation project at one point because I, I I've worked on a couple things and just to hear them whine like oh, I can't get sad enough for my character and I'm and it upsets yeah. me I'm like well use that what's what's the big deal like you're sad yeah. now well, yeah. you can't do that I don't understand the problem yeah. I need a minute yeah it's your job yeah exactly. <laughs> you're I'll like well I'm trailer. arguing with this yeah <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, I'm arguing with the crafty guy because we don't have good enough candy right now, and I just need you to just do your job to get over here and get enough food to make everybody happy. Because you're the one who wanted all brown (laughs) (laughs) M&Ms. You got me sad enough. Let's switch jobs. Yeah, (laughs) it is very silly. uh, Like, uh, I need heated seats for my my escort vehicle and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, we have a $500 budget for vehicles right now. Right, right. Um, yeah, and just also like how much a project like lives years before it even gets there. So it's just that that's kind of and that's the rewarding part about it. I think the producing, but yeah. and then how many people are involved? It is it does take a village, and it, that stuff is it absolutely cool does. To see from behind the scenes. Yeah, you'll you'll just walk into a, a set that you're a producer of, and you'll be like, "Who is this guy, and why is he yelling at everybody?" <laughs> I don't understand what's going on right now. So. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you're, uh, you're back to your acting chops. What Did you have a particular school of acting that uh, you kind of learned the most from? We've kind of talked a little bit of everybody from everywhere. Um, what would you say hmm. is yours? Oh, man, uh, definitely in school. Um, and you probably take it back. I mean, so one that changed a lot of what I look at is um, – have you guys, I don't know if you heard of Larry Moss, but he's uh-huh. kind of most made famous by um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Thanked mm-hmm. him, I think, when he won an Oscar. But he um, he comes from the Stella Adler um, okay. group. Like, so he really he was raised under Stella Adler, but mm-hmm. he's now kind of created his own um, legacy, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And uh, he's yeah, he kind of changed the game for me. And um, yeah, there was all that whole group that really came out of the group theater and. Um, funny enough, like Russian theater, right? Like the Uta Hagens and all those guys, they, yeah. they all uh, influenced Stella and, um, and then, 
you know, Larry, I guess, you know, he's kind of he's been that kind of for us right now. Like everyone who's carried with Larry, it's like a kind of like a weird group. Like I ran into a I ran into a couple like at a premiere or something. We started talking and we found out we both studied with Larry and it's like you could talk for like an hour mm. to <laughs> work with him. So that'd be my school of What's but, uh, his, what's his signature thing? Is it like more method? Is it more you know, uh, kind of like learn the background of everything, figure out what he eats, you know, for breakfast and stuff like that? Is that what? what kind yeah, of- you know, he his basis, which I find is so amazing, is like the uh, he has such a high respect for the writers mm. that uh, it's just the what's on the page is your complete map. But he's, I, I'd say, if you're going to boil it all down, it's the the art of curiosity that you never you never stop being curious mm-hmm. so you know the amount of questions and in backstory and just diving into um really just the respect of like walking in another person's shoes yeah. and their experience so like no matter what i mean we, we, you read a play you read a script you know you, you kind of take every character at, at a glance right mm-hmm. in the beginning and you got your heroes and your villains but then the more time you spend with them the more you get to know them and he really takes the depth that I've never experienced to never overlook the yeah. attention to detail that we all, I mean, we all have full lives and we've all seen it, right? You have the, the, the roles and the famous stuff where you're like, they just are on screen and there's a whole life right. that's living behind them. Right. Yeah. And you can just feel it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, and you know, I, I, I write some, you know, here and there for some of the projects that I work on. Uh, but I, I yeah. love, uh, only murders in the building. Have you seen that show? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, Matthew Broderick wants to know like if the Norwegian investigator has like a wide gate when he walks, and the writer's like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> you <Yeah>. do you? <laughs> I've been there before." Yeah. Or they're like, "You know, right. what size shoe do you think this guy wears? Ten and a half. <laughs> what size shoes do you wear? <laughs> but the left one's wide." <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah, uh, a rocking shoe. What's going on with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> You know, pertinent information, but yeah, whatever you can do to help the actor kind of get into their to their mode, so to speak, uh, I, I I get it. So, um, you, yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to um, your production company, Full Armor Films. What's the story behind the title of that company? Yeah, it's a uh, Full Armor. So it's it's funny story is uh, so I I had met my to be wife in New York. It's kind of like just around like. Right after nine eleven, we were in New York, and uh, and she's a writer, right? and she's a writer, actress, Broadway, mm. um, amazing voice, and she's like, it was one of those things where, of course, I didn't know she, I was gonna, you know, look out and she'd be my wife, but I, I knew that's <laughs> where it was headed, and I, yeah. things were getting serious, and I needed a job, yeah. so I didn't have a job at all, um, and I started writing every production company in New York. I started, I just needed to get a job. I was like an out of work actor. I needed money. And uh, yeah. I thought the best way to do it was to just try to figure out a way on to like PAing or you yeah. know stuff. And so I couldn't get one. And I was her parents were coming to town. I was going to meet them. And things were kind of like getting serious. And I was like out of work, so I just created my own company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, uh, I at the time it was funny because it was a, a actually a friend of mine. It was full armor is like based off of a scripture. It was like it was like these virtues. Is like and it just kind of reminded me of like a superhero that was like you put on this armor and then you go out and you you know hold on to truth you hold on to uh you know your faith and all that stuff and i was like that's that's like what we do you know you have an idea and it's like it's nothing you know and you need to like put on the bat suit yeah. in order to go out there and actually take it on and just kind of 
I just I just named it off of like that and started going door to door and uh, I became this little one man wrecking crew of producing uh, for um, actually PR companies to start and and that's how it all started. I just kind of kept the name and then we got you know we kind of just moved up through the commercial work and um, yeah I just faked it till I made it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. So like you said, you started it in commercial work, uh, some some stuff with ESPN. And yeah, yeah, so I was yeah. doing some research. I saw you like you've done stuff with ESPN, uh, Geffen Records, and L'Oreal. So. Yeah, yeah, so it was, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so that's what I so I got in with a I started with a PR agency. So you start working for their clients. So they give you like we we do like Goldsmith opening. We cover that, and and then I uh, deliver to TV stations and stuff, and then. I got an ESPN. It was kind of right before 30 for 30. They did this autumn series and uh, it came over. We started doing post production for them. And, um, and this is, this is kind of early days before people realized you could like edit on at home on your Mac, right. you know? And, and, uh, so I, I remember the, the PR company called me in and I, I thought I was going to get fired. And they said, uh, Hey, you need to charge more uh, really? for your, for your services. Yeah. I was getting, cause it doesn't, <laughs> Yeah, I was good. I was, I'm telling you, I didn't really know. It was pretty, you know, you sit there and you go, okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember they're like, we need uh, we need editing service to look at, at least 200 an hour. And I was wow. like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you uh, think so. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay. You know, little do they know I'm, like, learning how to edit while I'm doing it. More yeah. than so I'm thinking, all right, this definitely took me about 10 hours to figure out, but I'll charge you, I guess, four. <laughs> you know, like, what is – so um, – and then, yeah, so Geffen Records, actually, that was for Snoop Dogg. That was oh, a crazy awesome. call. And, um, so I ended up in, like, a hotel room with Snoop Dogg, like, all day. That was, that was definitely eye-opening. And then, uh, How high were you by the <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it was like, it was, I mean, I definitely saw about three or four deliveries. He uh-huh. liked what he ordered to start the day. And then um, I, I was on – I was actually going on the New Jersey transit. I was supposed to go away for the weekend. I got the call. I turned around, went to his hotel room about nine, ten in the morning, and then we sat there with his like whole crew, and we sat there until ten at night. And then he like just kind of came over to our area of the hotel room where we were, you know, like, "Oh, you ready? Okay, yeah, let's sit down." And and there was we just did the interview, and um, it was for his MySpace page mm. to date that <laughs> for you, awesome. but yeah, that is so, awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay, so like you, you started Full Armor, and it was just you at one point. Did you ever hire on like kind of a full time crew, or you just basically, uh, you know, freelancing some people here and there? Yeah, so we we just grew over time. I um I, I basically freelance friends. You know, we ended up getting my own equipment and kind of building it mm-hmm. up over time, and then we ended up moving into mainly post production. Yeah, and then you you were asking about LA. We uh, actually went out to LA and then uh, ended up starting to get into uh, more full posts. So we got up to about actually 40 po- employees at one point with that, and we started getting contracts with studios, and that's really what started me into getting more into in the production world. But then um, I kind of realized that's when I woke up and I was like, I did not get into this just to be kind of like a post production vendor. Right. Yeah. We got into it to do development, and so that's when we kind of shifted everything. Yeah. Um, and my wife at the time we we moved into full development so we kind of went all the way from starting ourselves as like a one-person crew into growing it and then doing production and commercial and i was like i got into this for narrative let's move back and we we went back actually to new york and we just 
started a full development writing team and we started searching writers out and kind of built our, you know, the plan That's very, um, to that's go very, full uh, development. Very brave of you. I mean, like, because, you know, there's a lot of money to be said in, uh, you know, commercial work or post-production stuff. And, you know, you, you, you stuck with your dream, chose a narrative route. I'm sure it wasn't, it, it, it's probably still isn't easy for you, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, but man, I, 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 I love stories like that where people just stick to it. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of hiccups that you've had along the way. Would you care to talk about any of that? Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're totally right. I mean, you know, you said you're right too. I mean, if you know for anything in development and writing, it's like the amount of time, you know, that it takes to develop something proper and just to make a good movie. It's just, right. no matter what, I feel like you're constantly fighting with, um, trying to just speed everything up. Every, everybody wants everything faster. And even I do, you know, like when you're making our own work, we want to speed up the process, but it's always just takes time. And it was really the long game that we, you know, we had to kind of commit to. And, um, I think it was my acting background, <laughs> all the out of work days and mm-hmm. unemployment and freelancing that allowed me to go, you know, let's just risk it. We'll keep, you know, keep doing what we love. We stay acting, stay, you know, auditioning and doing that. But I think because of that, it, it allows us to find friends along the way yeah. and people and projects that we can then back and just take our time doing it. But yeah, I mean, hiccup wise, it's, it's, I mean, it's actually how we found ourselves in, in New Orleans, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. There was one project that I came down here on a movie I was on and I uh, kind of saw what was going on, like I was telling you. And then I like, I was like, if we ever get our financing for a, a full feature, mm-hmm. I, had, I had done a lot of production, obviously, in New York. And it's just it's tough letting of, you know, we, we we were shooting a pilot on the streets of New York and we get 100 calls trying to shut us down because people just it's just funny. They, they could you can shut down like major, you know, TV shows and people in New York. They just. Shut you down. It's just hard. Right? What, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Why? Why would they care to shut you down? Oh, they like, um, I mean, you could be on a uh, blind spot and I mean, you, you'd be on like the block of 25th street and like the entire building that you're downstairs from is like every, like 75 people just start calling. Like we've got a film crew out here. And like, they, they call the film's office. They just know how to do it. And then, um, like our production office would literally would receive like, people that would come in from the city and stuff and they'd just be like, okay, and you show me your permits, you show me stuff. And then it might be like one old lady called and she just wants like a, a ramp. So mm. like maybe if you need to get off because we're blocking, you know, the way to the street corner, okay. <laughs> but we'll, you know, they'll, they'll try to shut you down. Or, so um, New York problems, like people are slightly inconvenient. So they're going to spend the rest of their day just ruining yours. Yeah. They're not even inconvenienced. Yep. They just drove by, saw it and went, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like these trucks. These trucks are in my way. <laughs> yep. Okay. hundred percent. Three, one, one. We're, we're the, this, I don't want those guys on my block, you know, get them out in front of my building. So, so well, um, it, anyways, we, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the way it is, and New Orleans is the opposite. So it's yeah. like, what? I was gonna say, like in yeah. Georgia, we'll have pop up film crews all over, and they gotta chase people off that want to like hang out. And you're like, hey, you guys need some help laying some cable here and there? Like, that was right. Can I be in a shot? <laughs> people start right, right, walking right, right. roads for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a walkie? What channel are you on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, but yeah, New Orleans is just open arms, and we just like. You know, you could, we just thought if we ever get our funding for a feature, we'll, you know, we'll do that. And I think the roadblock of doing development and all of that, um, you know, trying to get your own stuff off the ground 
mm-hmm. uh, fully independent in-house. I think that's, um, you know, that's what led us here. And then that just paving away and seeing a, a route that's, it's, it's kind of like, I think the, as you said, what are the hiccups? It's like, I think they, those problems along the way is actually what creates the best road, yeah. you know, forward in that. It, it, yeah. it took it took a long time for me to realize like every failure I guess you could say uh, is is still just a lesson learned for you know what's going to happen next time and then when some young you know d bag is like hey why don't we do it this way and you're like oh, oh no I, I know I know <laughs> yeah. let me let me let me learn you a thing or two you know I was right. that d bag at one point so <laughs> yeah I thought I knew better yeah, yeah. exactly right yeah. So, um, sure. you, uh, you, you made a movie with your wife, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 like I couldn't imagine doing that. Me and my wife, we, we would probably not be married after that. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> how, uh, exactly. yeah, how, how challenging was that process? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I feel like you have to be definitely have to be called into working, you know, in a marriage together, uh-huh. especially in film and, and, uh, it is one of those things where I, I honestly, when asked that, I don't even know how to truly answer it outside of the fact that we just make a really good team. Yeah. And I think the, the, like our communication as far as the creative space, um, she is like a secret weapon force, like when it comes to writing and comedy and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, one of the amazing spaces, we just have that weird, relationship where like I, I love being in an edit, editing bay mm-hmm. with her because she has a great sense of timing her musical background there's like there's such a timing and a rhythm with editing and I'm, I obviously uh, cut my teeth in that and yeah. so us working in that regard was 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 amazing but then at the same time I think the hardest part about it is just it's actually the life part of it right like the actual yeah. staying married <laughs> keeping your household going and Let's like not talk about work uh, <laughs> yeah 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 and I'm I'm like this guilty of that i was like like, can we not talk about that right now (laughs) so yeah bringing home the work is probably the toughest part about it because then you're like wait a second i want that to stay over there and us to live over here and take a break so yeah Yeah, you know plus you know it's tough to probably sleep with the person that you're having questions with about the the, uh, script and stuff like that like do we need that one part okay yeah or like completely disagree with yeah over creative differences (laughs) let's leave those at work that door starts slamming and (laughs) yeah yeah i watched the uh, the movie american rejects last night and i could see how her being the the main star and you're being the the guys like following her with the camera how i could see how that plays into like on on and off screen just kind of like antagonizing her Mm. as you're you're going along with the camera Yeah, I always make fun of the fact that she says she wrote that role for me. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that you made me the creepo with a camera following you around with like wherever you went. But uh, you get yeah, me, babe. Definitely. Uh, I love the scene where like yeah, you're exactly. laying on the gym floor, just spinning in circles. It's <laughs> yeah. going full yeah. Kubrickian right there. Yeah, yeah. This is full art. You guys don't even know what I'm making or here. Going <laughs> full Kubrick with my uh, non-scripted reality show. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a true story, and you know, she was on one of those big singing competitions, and so it was like it was just literally to take the the piss out of like these huge shows, and um, and so like that was I think the, what made that so much fun was that it was really like this huge healing process from her, mm-hmm. from what she went through, and just um, 
yeah, and then just be able to do like a cringe comedy. Yeah. Um, it was a yeah, it's a fun one. I was wondering if it was really her singing the songs and stuff, or if it was somebody else. So. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's her. That's her voice. Mm, like, wow, she's uh, she's done Broadway, and she's got yeah, she's got her own EP, and um, she's um. Uh, yeah, she's actually right now. She's in Chicago doing a show, a Jim Henson show. So she's no she stays doing it um, at um, Jim Henson's uh, Emmett Otter uh, Drug Band Christmas, based mm. on the old um, Christmas play. Like, like his first Christmas special, um, they're doing in Chicago for. You so have, you guys yeah. have either the most talented kids in the world or the most talentless kids in the world. I, I can't tell <laughs> yet. <Yeah. laughs> you know? I know my six year olds are already like asking like deep questions of like you know like don't no just keep it light man don't worry <laughs> <laughs> don't, you talk to my agent dad you know <laughs> yeah exactly um, um so i looking through your imdb uh i i have also uh uh produced a pilot in the past and uh, i see that you you got um a pilot and a concept for a show um off the ground you, you do you care about talking about how challenging it is getting a, t- a TV show picked up compared to like just producing a movie? Oh man. Yeah. The gatekeeping of TV is just like crazy. Well, congratulations on your pilot. Cause I know, <laughs> I know how hard ours are. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we have, it's, it's funny because the, yeah, that the one pilot that is avenues, um, it's actually on Tubi. Uh, Tubi took the pilot so you can actually watch it, which I'm, I'm like proud that they, actually would even air the pilot, but we, um, we had it with Lionsgate for a good while. It's kind of like a, a concept that keeps on giving. And I feel like TV is just, uh, it's just one of those ones where it, it, it's, it's definitely hard and, you know, hard, harder to break through with, mm-hmm. with it. And it's like that long game that we were talking about, but it's also, I feel like when you're creating for TV, you're, cre- you're actually trying to create like, it's almost like trying to create roommates, you know, or something it's like, right. I'm going to create this world that you want to live with right. <laughs> and convince everybody like you want to live with these people for the next five years of your life. Which, which Whereas, like, takes money and, you know, yeah, and, and, then, yeah. and then like, but you know, you'll only get a budget of like 10 grand or something like that. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're like, yeah, this is, going to cost a million dollars an episode, but I swear we can do it for 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> really just put this together. Right. And, uh, trust me, it'll be good, you know? Uh, but then movies, I mean, that's, I kind of feel like, well, I mean, I think we're headed into like, we had the golden age of TV and we'll have like another resurgence of movies just because, and just with the whole, the amount of content that we have, it's just, mm-hmm. there's something refreshing about, you know, sitting down and just watching the, a movie and then getting up and just, you know, having the whole story. And, um, and it's the same thing with like making a movie, you control it. It's, it's there, you know, the budget at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of take it, you know, and every movie has its own road. Whereas the TV, you really, yeah, it's like putting together a something that, you know, it's going to have to, it's going to try to live over, you know, years at a time and characters right. that are going to evolve over time. And it's just, a, it's just a bigger mountain to move. It is tough. Um, a show that you write, just to get in the door with a company is a completely different show than what it's going to be when it's on TV. And, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to keep which audience you're, 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 you're wanting to pitch to in mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. 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 So true. And you, and you got to shove everything in the first episode just to make yep. it all enticing. That's never going to happen again in the next few episodes. Cause you're yeah. going to try to now write it out as much as possible. Yeah, flesh but out this character. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, getting a pilot made, that's why it's so, so hard, but they are, they, I do, you know, we obviously all love TV. When we made that first one, it was kind of the concept there, uh, back in like 2015. And, um, uh, it was, that was when web series were really big and yeah. we were, we had done some, we were doing some shorts, we were pitching some shows and, um, had some cool meetings coming up and I was like, let's just put the entire, you know, there were people, I think we were talking to someone at ABC and they, they would say like, do a web series. That was kind of like the big talk at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's just take the whole budget and put it in the first pilot and just, and that was a great decision. And obviously now it's, it's not, it's more common to do pilots, but I felt like at that time it was kind of like, this is a little new. Let's just take our whole budget and just put it in the 30 and, minutes. You know, at, at, <laughs> at some point too, you just like, let's just see what we can do with what we got. And for, for our sakes, just to, just to learn. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if it gets off the ground, great. If not, we, we have an experience that we can take and, you know, use for the next uh, project. So. Right. 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 These, these projects, yeah. that, was- these projects that you have, these TV shows that are, uh, you know, they're not, you know, fully produced yet. Um, are they, are, are they always there? Are you, are you always coming back to them? Are you always trying to, to get them off the ground or, uh, you know, are, are you just, are you, have you moved on so to speak? Right. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. So I have, uh, we definitely have one that right now is in development and, um, we're kind of with the, the strike and everything. It's been hard, you know, hard cause you can't oh, yeah. announce anything, but we're like, we're waiting. Yeah. yeah. So we, um, that one has been a journey that, um, uh, I'm really excited about because we, we've been searching for the right showrunner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I feel it's, a, you know, it's a little different. It's like film, you know, you kind of go for your cast or your director, like for TV, it's you're going for your showrunner. And, um, and that was really the vehicle for packaging it. So um, soon I'm, I'm going to be excited to be able to announce that and mm-hmm. who we, who we have a first look deal with and all that stuff. Like that's, that's the one like, uh, that's been sitting there. And then we have, uh, you know, we have a slate to full armor and then we do, um, we have two or three, um, probably bigger shows that we've kept through time because they've, they've, well, we've been able to pitch enough and had the privilege of pitching enough to know kind of what sticks right. and what, you know, and, waiting for the and right moment. sometimes, yeah, yeah. And it's just the right pieces. Like, they're like a movie. It's like, I feel like every, every project is kind of its own little miracle in a bottle. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's a miracle to get any movie. I mean, it's just so easy to do, like, even two years are just, their fingers like you you see like you can't just put a movie together you need the right team the right timing the right people and and then and when it does come together everyone's grateful you know no matter who's behind it so yeah it's the same thing with tv i i i love that experience well i love and i hate it when you have that magic in a bottle when you feel like you've you've got something everybody watches it and they're like yeah that's good but then you're like, well, okay, we'll buy it, you know, and do something with it. <laughs> I don't know, you know, it, this this like rubber band effect of everything that's going on. So, but yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. It's a, uh, it's a privilege at the end of the day. When you produce content, do you always create in house, or do you ever look outside for anything? Yeah, well, we're on. Uh, so right now, we're on a um, a movie that's shooting. Um, it's got the SAG interim agreement, uh, it's a non-given GA writer. Uh, we have, so I'm, I think we're constantly talking to people who are interested in shooting in New Orleans or they have, you know, uh, production companies that want to come down. So in a way it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where we will do it if we can help and we like projects and people and we can put it off with, we'll do that. And it's kind of an extension of production services yeah. and whether we, 
do it or not. So we're, we're right now, we're, um, in the last, uh, fifth week of, mm-hmm. uh, of a shoot. And, um, Is yeah, it so it's, Fog of it's War. Been, um, what's the other one? Baron's Cove. Baron's yeah. Cove. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, those are, that one's, yeah, those are done. Very oh, awesome. in the in the can, and yeah, that Con- one. Congratulations I'm, on that cast. That is an awesome cast you got for both those movies. Yeah, yeah, that's a that one's going to be. I think um, really, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, I mean, uh, for both of them, in in particular, um, Baron's Cove for sure, mm. and 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 this one that we're on right now, it's um, it's cool. I mean, like tonight we're going to we're creating Kuwait over down here in Chalmette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's uh, we're down in the middle of you know, um, a crazy shoot. And I'm just, it's kind of like a unicorn right now because we're mm. on strike and, you know, it's a pivotal time and one that we like still believe in. And at the same time, it's like, we have like a ridiculous uh, crew because everyone is working on this film that wow. it's just like captains among captains in our crew. And because um, right now it's just, it's crazy how many people are out of work and um, we have a big crew base here Orleans. And I mean, I think they did like a billion in production last year. And so it's like the more we do down here. And so to be on this right now has been kind of like extra, extra special, you know, just given the time. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so we definitely do in-house, in-house. I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of how they come to us and relationships and friendships. But right. obviously the, the high point is being able to develop something in-house, but in-house is can take on a lot of different directions. Like we have a couple producers that are in house that work. Um, so you're constantly, I, I love it because like a producer that works with us here is just landed a really awesome project and it's really exciting. And so I get to watch him like run with it and put it together. And oh, so, like, that's, that's kind of a, you're not gonna, you know, like hold him down against his will and be like, you weren't for me. How dare you go out? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. Cause it's like, it's like, it's, Right. It's like if it's something that we can do and, and we can do it in, in house, then we'll, we'll do it. And then if it's something that's like, no, that's something you just go grab, the, you know, and be the producer on and shoot and believe and mm. do it. You know, it's that's like, um, I think that's kind of like the, I mean, that's to me is like the family of it, like that we can all like as artists kind of come together yeah. relationally and then go out and well, talk help each other do what we do. Talking about the strike. Uh, you know, I'm sure that that has been a nightmare. Uh, you know, uh, I, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Did you have to halt the production <laughs> in the middle of it? Uh, this, so this one, uh, we lucked out. Obviously, it got to go through. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, there was a couple. There was a couple that um, there's a couple that we've been talking to or uh, circling that were going to come in that have been halted for sure, and mm-hmm. ones that have wanted to start. Uh, and I've had a lot of people call me to just ask if the, inter- the whole interim agreement has been kind of an anomaly. Like in some cases people think it's a bad thing. And then in some cases, it's like, wait, it's a good thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, well, yeah, it's a great thing because we're just agreeing to all of the terms studios won't agree to. And, right. um, and as an actor, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm the privilege of knowing exactly what we're fighting for, which is like residuals. Yeah. They disappeared with streaming and it's like, <sighs> no one would know what that even means, right. you know, but right. I, still get a check from my Will Smith film that's like yeah. 14 years old <laughs> and you're like, well, how, you know, but it's like, there's a reason that we all still get paid from the stuff we do and it's not huge, but it does make it so that you can make a living out of it. So you, you're not a, you're um, not one of those greedy producers. That's like, no, you, you, I, I own everything that you did for me that one time. <laughs> you're, 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 you're very much more in the actor camp with all of this. So, 
I mean, so much so that like you mean you, you talk about American Reject. Like we did that movie, you know, that was tried and true in house, and I was I was laughing because we, you know, we were obviously actors in it, and we're not actors in everything we do, but uh, that one we were. And I I remember we we hadn't made our money back, mm. and we were just like we're still we're still in debt, still like telling our investors, you mm. know, updates. And all of a sudden, I got a residual check. I got a royalty check in the mail, like three hundred bucks. <laughs> I was like, hey. wait a second. <laughs> But that's the system, you know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, you get, you get paid because yeah, we had, you know, we've done a few territories and it was cool. And, um, and I always laugh about that because that's it. That's the way the system's built. You know, like we added, everyone added to the creative process gets, gets to get paid for it. So. It is so wild. Some of those like horror stories that actors have gone through in TV, you know, like they're making 14 bucks residuals and stuff like that. Yeah. I just can't believe it. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Spe- speaking of nightmares, uh, you, I I love I, whenever I, I meet another person who works in sets. I love asking like their their absolute horror story situation. Like, what's what's like, what's one day where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna get through this. You, do you care about talking about uh, anything like that? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think a horror story on set. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great that's a great one. Um, man. You know, I, you know, it was it wasn't for me, but it was for my really good friend at the time. Mm-hmm. This was a, this was um this was really it was early days in New York, mm-hmm. and my really good friend booked Spider Man, and wow. this is like this was Spider Man, like you know, Tobey Maguire early day, like yeah. when, uh-huh. and I remember I remember them shooting the shot actually like on the alley. I lived downtown at the time, and I remember watching. I I, I totally did exactly what you said they do in Atlanta, and like I watched. Toby McGuire like put the mask on and watched them like do. I was like, how do they do that? And they yeah. I saw how they like reverse the mask, and that's how he throws it on because he's actually taking it off. And uh-huh. anyway, so she books it, and um, so I go. She invites me to her trailer, and we're sitting there, and she has a scene. Um, and this is like the first one, and it's uh, he's like in a park in the middle of New York, and it's like he helps this kid out, and so she booked the mom of the kid, and so she's got wardrobe. We're sitting there, we're just like geeking out, being on set together, and then. Slowly but surely, I forget exactly how we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a black actor. She looks, looks over and she's like, there's a white mom. And so they had double booked mm. um, the, the role. And Whoops. so as the day was like progressing, <laughs> they basically had booked it. I mean, this is probably such a bad story now, but they That's like one of the producers wanted their son to do it. And like she just, they basically were like, oh, no, we're going to go with this mom. And wow. this kid, and she never got to be in the movie. And like oh, to me, man. that was just like it was just like one of those like tragic yeah. stories that like you know. And I've had him like friends where like you book like these major like kind of life changing <laughs> moments, yeah. and then it's like, oh nope, you don't you don't get that. That's gonna get taken away from you. Oh man, <laughs> like, I don't get yeah, to be Spider Man. That's how somebody, somebody gets stabbed. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kid grew up to a... be the uh, Green Goblin in the new ones. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I know that friends cut out of the movies. You know, like had a full full scene of like Game Five, and then it's like, oh nope, nope, you just got blown up. You don't even get the scene. Um, things like that. But yeah, no. Um, got, I got to think deeper for like my own personal like um, nightmare story like that. That's okay. You know, you, you've lived the, the, the perfect life. It must be nice. So. Yeah, right. It's so perfect. Like, when they just keep writing me into these series, you know, it's like so hard. <laughs> oh, man. No. Uh, I got a few more questions. We'll wrap up, but I wanted to talk more about your acting. Um, 
So do you have a preferred yeah. role to act in? Is there a kind of a thing where you catch all or do you, do you, do you want to just do comedy? You know, what's your, what's your stick? Yeah. What's sick. Yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love kind of the outcast, the furthest, you know, I tend to play a lot of bad guys and different things. You could call them villains, but I'd like the more time spending with those that like, that's something I love about acting. It's just getting to know people and, and you know, like humanizing the, the, you know, things that you would get like, how did they even become to this level? You know? And I think, um, I love the ones that just take you on the furthest journey. Yeah. Um, so whatever that might be, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it tends to be like bad guys, they would say, but then like, yeah, it's like all of a sudden you realize the real motives behind them. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's because they lost their son. Yeah, and they, like, you know, it's like no, all these different things. Hold up. This guy makes sense. Actually. Let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. double back to what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the quote? I'm not right, saying right. I condone the man's actions, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I totally got to a place where I understand green goblin yeah, and yeah. taking up the entire human race. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think you get it. Yeah. I hate everyone, and I totally understand. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a thing, too, about uh, antagonists in film. Like, they, some of them steal the show, you know, more frequently than, than expected. And I, I think it's probably because they have more freedom in the, in the script and the story. Mm-hmm. The writer, you know, focuses mostly on, on the protagonist and uh, mm-hmm. a lot more free range for that guy to take that role and run with it. So, yeah, I've always thought yeah. that was interesting. Yes, it's interesting too because it's like it, it's not you know it's it's like it's always like that tragic flaw right of like the hero or you know like the that's where I think I, I got it from like the, probably my Shakespeare training but it's like the Macbeth or something like you know you're like why did they go there but they're the lead and I, it's not that we see that less but there are definitely those rich roles where they were the lead or you know mm-hmm. the protagonist that actually was like fatally flawed but yeah sometimes they're just better written and the you know, the more villainous roles because you're like, oh, that's why they're flawed, but they beca- they do the reverse, right? And then they get more humanized and you, like, understand them. Yeah. But you, you're conflicted. You're, you're, like, conflicted for even understanding them, you know, or right. have you ever, uh, liking them. Have you ever been offered a role where you're like, mm, no, sorry. <laughs> no, uh, let's see. I, yeah, probably not for the same reasons of, like, Oh, I'm not going to, um, I mean, I guess like, yeah, like off limit roles, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. I mean, I've had like slasher films or something where I'm like, okay, it's not like, it's not necessarily I- interesting to me or right. it, it doesn't journey to a place of like some poignant reason right. to be making it. Um, and so, you know, like very few or just on like a deep indie level mm-hmm. and then like off limit roles i think um you know anything with pedophilia yeah, <laughs> you're like fair. whoa <laughs> yeah but that's like yeah. that was un- yeah i definitely um you know early days i, I remember being offered something like that i was like no there's really? no reason yeah. to so go there's there like, there's like that yeah. role and then there's like the slasher film where it's like third guy eliminated yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you don't have a name, name. you have initials <laughs> right right right, it's like, right how did he get taken you're, out you're, he had to go to the bathroom and then no one ever saw him again <laughs> Yeah. Don't do that. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's um, there for the uh, page turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do a lot of festival work uh, with your roles, with your movies? Do you, do you uh, tour a lot of festivals? Yeah. I mean, I uh, love, you know, film festivals. And I feel like we're, we kind of meet a lot of fellow filmmakers and 
uh, we, we actually, American Reject, we had to hold because we had a deal for it. And then we actually signed it uh, like 2020 of you know, March. And then we actually ended up doing like a, a little festival tour with that, like mm. Vegas and Portland and New Orleans just to get, and then it was cool because we did some like outdoor venues and yeah. I wanted to do more theatrical with it, but I've never done, uh, definitely. I've always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Never done the festival. Tour. I, mm. I love it for the community aspect exactly. of it. Like yeah. we do a lot of work with the New Orleans Film Festival, which is here mm. soon. And, um, going up to Toronto and, and, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I loved, I love that aspect of it and, and also getting up. It's like, I, I, I don't believe in putting all of your, like, everything in the festival route. Like, I think that's kind of mm. gone and passed. Like, that's the place to get bought. But I do think, doing it from a place of like community and showing it like a route. Yeah. And like networking and meeting other filmmakers and constantly finding the way to work. Like, I think I'm definitely a, like a, um, duplastic plan in that way. Like, I don't know if you know, like Mark and Jay duplastic, they're just like, keep working, Mm. you know, like no matter what. And the festival gives you that. You have an outlet to go. I, I know the budget here. I know we can make this and I know we can, you know, put it out there. Um, so for sure, you know. Okay. Any any which way. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe one day I'll see you at a festival. I don't know if I ever get the balls, yeah. balls to do well, something. And you'd be like, hey, we interviewed you. And Fred would just go, like, you I, did? I, I don't know. You get away from <laughs> me, <laughs> peasant. Not at all. I'm going to be like, wait, do you guys, uh, I forget, who's, do you guys do the Atlanta Film Festival? Or do you do, is there uh, any festival? South by Southwest, is, what is that? Is that, is yeah. that? Yeah, that we I, that's a big one that a bunch of my friends go to a lot. Um, you know, we do have uh, uh, I think it's called Skyrise Festival, which is local for us. Um, okay, and, and a couple other big Atlanta ones that you know I, I'm not too privy with the, the, the festival circuits, so I know about yeah, Sundance yeah, no, and bands. <laughs> right, right. Well, I love South, South by, and I actually have one of the producers uh, here for did a um, music video. They're actually. Dave Smith South by mm-hmm. uh, that I, I hope they get into that one and I had a good friend of mine that won South by that I like would love that you know and and I know Chris who runs Atlanta Film Festival and I, yeah. I love that that's actually a great film festival so yeah I mean it's it's um it's a great place to like mm. obviously go meet people and also just see great work too yeah um, yeah well we're gonna wrap up here in a minute but Mitch and Tom have uh, a couple more questions uh, yeah, kind of going back to like at the beginning of the interview, I told you I, I did a little bit of research and stuff. I looked through your your Instagram and some of your posts and stuff. That uh, yeah, you're actually going to get a chance. Either you, I can't remember the the date that the post was on, but either you have or you're getting a, fixing to work on a uh, a project at your childhood home. Oh yeah, that's the one that isn't that cool. That was a cool full circle moment for me. That uh, we're on the so this show that we we are doing the production for is um weirdly i it's down in i think chalmette so that it's um where they they've shot a lot of cool stuff down the road and if you don't know new orleans it's just it's basically like five miles but it's, we we joke like down the road because it's like basically like the country but it's only like five miles from the french quarter yeah and they actually have a studio out here called the ranch and they've done deep water horizons there mm. they did bill and ted actually they did the <laughs> 405 like out front they got this like five acre parking lot and sold lows that they've converted and it, it's just like you would never guess the amount of you know shows they're doing in fact they have Mayfair Witches is shooting AMC they did um they did a full back lot of interview with the vampires they built like an old oh, wow. 
um, that TV show, you know, with the French Quarter mm-hmm. and everything there. And I think they're going to bring it back. So we're shooting a movie here, and I've never shot out in Chalmette, but I'm my mom was a, she was a single mom. She she like I took her out here. I'm like, hey, we're doing a movie down here, and she's like, oh yeah, we know we used to live here, and this. And she took me on this tour. She's like, this is the house that. I actually moved into when mm. we had you and it was in my grandparents' house and I never knew it. It's like mm. a street behind a courthouse. So I'm like, we're driving around and sure. And then so we're all of a sudden tech scouting and one of the locations got cut and we're like trying to do those budgets and like things are getting crazy. We're like a week out and they're like, you know what? We're shooting in the courthouse. Uh, so like where they did your honor and like stuff like that. We're, we're doing it. It's like, we need a department store. Let's just shoot behind it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to base right out of it. And then, so it's like literally the doorstep of the house that I grew up in. Oh, so wow. we, we literally shot on the house that my mom was like, well, oh, this is where we grew up. So it's like this full circle, like, awesome. you know, 30 years later after leaving to go, you know, pursue film. And I'm here bringing a film into right. this little, you know, parish. So cool. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. That was neat. Uh, Tom, did you have any questions? My question is not as highbrow. Okay. I must confess. <laughs> uh, you mean you've met Sir Ben, King- Sir ben Kingsley? I mean, obviously, I mean, I do want to know that, but we'll get to that question afterwards. But you met Alan yeah. Rickman, all these huge, famous people. Like, what's your favorite or probably funniest just celebrity encounter? Tom is secretly from England. So <laughs> any oh image you God. have uh, from that era, he's going to, you know. That era from that place. Yeah. England, <laughs> it wasn't an era. It's still there. In his life, it was an era. <laughs> Wait, it still exists? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so what did you call it? Like weirdest moments? Or like your funniest celebrity like or? celebrity encounter where it's just kind of like, like you see like an interview is just like, Oh, I saw like Tom, like Tom Selleck on a plane and I just looked at him and held my finger under my nose, like a mustache <laughs> or something stupid. <laughs> that would be amazing. You know what the weirdest moment? Yeah. That celebrity moment was, uh, I was actually, um, so I went to performing arts high school, like to, again, to nerd out, but I was auditioning for dangerous liaisons at the time, which, mm. Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't get. I was just like this kid. Uh, and I'm like, what is my high school doing even doing this? But I went on a weird deep dive where I like John Malkovich became my favorite actor at that time. I'm yeah. like watching the movie and Glenn Coe's close and all this stuff. And I, I just loved like the great cameo actors that mm-hmm. like became leading men. And so uh, he was my favorite actor. And I was like, so then I go up to New York and I'm seeing my first Broadway show and I'm just this kid and I'm like, standing in a wig shop with my aunt and I'm totally bored. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm looking out of the window of the, the shop uh, somewhere in Manhattan. I have no clue where I am. And I'm just standing there and I'm and literally like a foot away from my face, John Malkovich just looks into the, into the window of the shop and with his like famous little perk lips. He's like, he's clearly like looking at wigs, but I'm like, he's looking at me like through my soul. And I'm like speaking out frozen, like what in the world, like out of all of Manhattan. And I've got like my favorite actors like staring at me. So of course I do what any common person would do. I just followed him. I like followed him for like, Six blocks. I'm like grabbing my aunt. I'm like, we gotta follow him. And I'm like stalking this man now. And then he's like going to walk into a restaurant. My aunt screamed out, and Mr. Malkovich. And he actually turned around, and I got to like talk to him and sign my oh, yeah. like an autograph on like a napkin. And I got to like geek out and tell him I was like auditioning for Daniel Liaisons. And yeah, um, the nicest yeah. guy in New so York. My... Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a little like weirded out, but he yeah. was like totally. Awesome and yeah, good. generous. I was watching John yeah. Malkovich be John Malkovich. 
Because <laughs> right. like some of these like celebrity counters, like some of the funniest things, like yeah. some dude he had met Christopher Walken, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Chris, how are you?" And he goes, "I'm famous." <laughs> like, like that's it. That's all he said, and he walked away. Yeah, <laughs> of course he did. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm trying to think. I was like, "Where did I catch somebody in an awkward position as celebrity?" But that was, <laughs> I know it's. Uh, well, you definitely have some weird ones. I've, I've had weird, I've had Will. I've worked with Will. Will's actually great. I was like trying to think of a funny weird story for him, but he's actually a great guy. For you know, as 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 weird as that is at the time, but oh yeah, you know. just don't talk about his wife. You'll be all right. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll be fine. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I don't think Will listens to the show. <laughs> so. He's not one of the. He's not one yeah. of the twenty-eight people. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, Frank Monteleone, it was an awesome time talking to you. Uh, you seem like a really cool guy. We'll be watching your career with great interests, you know. And, Way to uh, channel the Palpatine. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you seem like a going here, man. Yeah, you seem like a going places. I love the podcast. You guys are great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're really good. Yeah, tell all your no, famous friends. It. Exactly. Watch us become like an underground podcast for like celebrities. It's like it's like you guys got to check out this entertainment. It's pretty low key. Don't tell anybody. We'll be South Park before South Park was big. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, like the best breakdown of usual suspects I've ever heard. You guys got to hear it. Like your breakdowns are like so great. Like exactly what I want to be saying about it. Well, good. We weren't sure if that was like you know staking or not. We might have to do more of that. You like the shining one though. That's the important one. Yeah, love the shining. He wants you to like that one because it was his. <laughs> Your usual suspects went, no, that was Tom's. We can't, we can't have that. Don't give Tom too much credit, all right? His head's big enough. He's be in this other episode, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, uh, I, I, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh, hit us up, and if you got anything in the future that you want to talk about, if you want us to review anything that you're working on specifically, by all means, we'll, we'll be more than happy to, to do a deep dive with you. So Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we definitely will. We'll have to do it. Yeah, uh, really great talking to you. I hope that you have a great rest of the day and uh, keep in touch. Yeah, same here, guys. Loved it. All Thanks right. for having me. Thank you.